All right, so Cody's going to start the message, but I stole the mic first. Um, we are going after the unseen realm today, and there's a whole lot. <laughs> I'm like, we're, so something that Sandy said in the pre-service prayer, which everybody's welcome to, 9.30 every Sunday, um, but somebody, something that Sandy said was she just keeps hearing that we are on the offense and not the defense. So any of you who hear the subject and you go like, like it brings up a little fear, I want you to like change your posture, even if you need to shift in your seat and go, we are on the offensive, all right? We are, we, he has won the battle and we are winning the battle. We are stepping in to win this victory with him. Um, and just really, really, really felt like I just wanted to share that first. So, awesome. Yes. As we were, um, as we were singing "Champion," I just like I got like a picture of like David and Goliath in my head. And I don't know if anybody's been on the corner of um, Herbs and Arbelez, but there's a giant like Halloween decoration in someone's backyard, like the skeleton. The kids are like, "Ah, skeleton! Like ah, Halloween, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus." And, uh, <laughs> but it's like, I kind of thought like, man, that's crazy. Like that must've been how big, like the Nephilim were in Goliath. And then kind of started thinking about David and Goliath. And I actually, okay, so I ordered a sling. <laughs> it's for my Limitless Academy class. Um, we're going to like practice with slings cause it's holy. See, David did it. Um, but, <laughs> but just like I was thinking through that and it's crazy. They don't have, um, many like ar- um, archeological artifacts of slings. Firstly, because they're made out of organic material and they just, they just, fade away, but secondly, because they wouldn't, those aren't weapons that would be buried with, with a king, or buried with, like, a mighty warrior, because that was seen as a lowly weapon, so I just want to start this with, maybe you walked in here thinking, like, singing about having the authority, but you're like, I have nothing, but, but the authority that Jesus gives you takes a sling, takes something lowly, and makes it deadly, so when we're talking about spiritual warfare, it's not about us, not about how great I am and how much I have it together. It's all about stepping into the authority that Jesus won on the cross through his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. Amen. Come on. Our weapons are not carnal. Come on. Whoa. Okay. We're going to try and run through this really fast because we want to get to the end of it and do some, like, let Holy Spirit do some work. Okay? You guys good with that? So this is like a spiritual realm 101, okay? Is everybody ready? Okay. Ephesians 6, verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We've been talking about this a lot. It's like when you're dealing with an issue in your life, maybe it's a person, maybe whatever it is, like your struggle is not against that person. Your struggle is against what's behind what's happening in that person's life. Your struggle is against whatever wounds might be open and something that's coming through that, something that's operating through that. Like, and it could be demonic, could be unclean spirit, whatever it is. So we're going to be talking all about today angels and demons and all that kind of thing. So you guys ready? (laughs) All right, cool. How many of you know that there's not just heaven? There's first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. Yeah, right? We see this in Scripture, like even Paul talks about getting caught up to the third heaven. If there's a third heaven, there must be a second and a first heaven, right? The first heaven is here on earth. This is where we see in the physical, we see in the natural. The second heaven is the spiritual realm, which is just active with anything in the spirit. Bad, good, indifferent. I don't even know if there's indifferent. And the third heaven is God's domain, right? Where God God is in, is in complete charge, and God is in control of everything, and nothing, nothing unclean can be there in God's presence, right? 
Okay, so those are the th that's just a little precursor here. But the thing is, here in the Western world, we're so scientific that if we can't see it, it doesn't exist, right? So we don't often see anything like spiritual happening because it's spiritual. And anything that might happen in our lives that's kind of weird and like that was strange and chalk it up to something else, like it could be something completely different. It could be spiritual. Now, I don't want to get to the point where everything's spiritual because if everything's spiritual, nothing's spiritual, right? So we could kind of always be looking for a demon behind every bush, which we don't want to be like that. Like, oh, there's a demon, you know, like so we don't want to be like that. Um, because if we do that, then when we actually come up against something that's evil, then we can't actually identify it. We can't actually come against it. Does that make sense? Okay, awesome. The thing is, here in the Western world, this thing, this is kind of uncommon. But when we see, like in Africa, South America, like other kind of third world countries, this is super common. Like I don't know if you guys heard about heard Graham talking about like the witchcraft that goes on over there, and very clear, plain as day, weird stuff that happens. So this demonic stuff is happening all over over the world and often too with our entertainment we're desensitized yeah. right so we'd be like that stuff's just make-believe right but it's thrown in our faces every day c.s lewis said this there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils one is to be to disbelieve in their existence the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them they themselves the devils are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. It's from the screw tape letters. It's pretty wild. Josh Wester says this, here is my error. For years, I've been assuming the absence of visible demonic activity. Also guaranteed there was no such activity to speak of. I've been functionally and sometimes literally assuming the devil isn't at work today instead of wrestling with powers and principalities. I was content to chalk all of that up to bad luck or human nature or something else. So we need to have a healthy view of this stuff, right? Like so even sometimes we can like, you know, anything that, ha even any bad thing that happens, we can, we can even chalk it up to the demonic, but that's not true either. Like we talk, you, we hear Jesus talking about the Tower of Siloam, right? It fell down, it killed 18 people. This was obviously an event that happened in Jesus' lifetime and everybody knew about it in Jerusalem. And he's saying this wasn't because their sin was greater or less. It's just we live in a fallen world too, so stuff just happens. Right? So, there you go. Okay. Did you guys know that the Bible is supernatural? Okay, <laughs> so we read this, and we're in our Western world. Like, we read this, and it's like, there's some crazy stuff in there. And then deep down, I think sometimes we're like, yeah, but did it really happen? Anybody? That's okay. It's because it is. Like, we get the blinders on. We're like, that, I don't know if that really happened. The Bible is supernatural. And the thing is, in our Western Christianity... It's, it's kind of become like this, this way of life to become a good person. I'm seeing a lot of what would Jesus do bracelets around. I love them. They're really, really cool. Um, but sometimes we chalk that up to what would Jesus do in this situation? Oh, he'd be a really nice guy, right? It's true. That's true. But he'd do other stuff too. <laughs> it kind of becomes a philosophy that's lumped in with the rest. And I think that firstly... Being a follower of Christ, being a believer is become being in perfect is 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 not striving, but becoming in perfect union with Jesus, right? And is is actually being able to receive His love and become a son, become a daughter. But in in turn, that should turn us down to actually undo the works of the devil. That's what it's about. It's not about being a good person. It's about walking in the authority. First Corinthians twelve one through three. This is what Paul says. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. 
You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray but to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. First, I want to say, this is interesting because we can read this and we have our like list of the gifts of the Spirit, right? We all know what they are. You know, you can look in the Word and you can you have them like listed out before you. But you got to think in the early church, this was all brand new. The Holy Spirit was just poured out on all flesh, right? And people are, you know, where they would see supernatural things happen, like you know the um, the the pool of Bethesda, where things would stir up and they get in and the first person would get healed. So there was stuff going on, but the thing is, now that the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all flesh, now all can prophesy. Now that the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all flesh, now all can pray for healing. Now now that the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all flesh, people are actually walking in this and, and seeing and doing the things that Jesus did, right? So this is all new. So, so when Paul's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, he's saying, okay, well, let's, um, this is all new, so don't be uninformed about this, but the crazy thing is this. Where it says now about the gifts of the Spirit, that's actually not the right translation. The right, the right, the word is pneumatikos, and it actually means the spiritual. He says when it comes to the spiritual, when it comes to the things of the spiritual realm, I don't want you to be uninformed. Do you think that's changed two thousand years later, or do you think all this stuff, that stuff, just went away and we're like, oh, we don't need to worry about that anymore, yeah. right? You guys with me? Come on. Okay. Just thinking back on what Cody just said about WWJD, what would Jesus do? And I was thinking, like, like yeah, in those moments he would maybe be kind or turn the other cheek or whatever it is, but then he would also cast demons out or spit in the mud and slap it on a blind man's eyes or flip the tables in the temple. And I actually, as I was picturing that, like him flipping the tables, I felt like God was saying that we kind of, want to say that that's just about, okay, you've, you've, beca- you've made my father's temple a den of thieves, and it's about, really about just <coughs> that they were doing the wrong business. <coughs> but I felt like God was actually saying in that moment, you've turned my church into programs instead of my presence. And I feel like he wants to flip the table on that one, that sometimes we can just start to kind of do church, and he's actually asking us to make space for his presence. Are you guys all awake? All right, because I need you to wake up, because I, I don't get nervous when I preach, but I'm, like, shaky, because <laughs> I feel like there's something that, that God has asked us to go after today that a lot of times we kind of might want to shy away from in the church, but God's actually asking us to go away so that things can't stay hidden anymore. We're going to take the mask off, right? And just, like, in that quote that Cody shared, this guy was... Um, He said, sometimes functionally, I've been functionally and sometimes literally assuming the devil isn't at work today. And just think about the things that we read, the evil that we see in some of the nations and the pagan nations and all the awful things that were happening and the demonic that was happening. And now we somehow think, well, yeah, Jesus is still here and he's still at work, but the devil became civilized? I don't think so. (laughs) He just got really good at hiding. He just got really good at hiding, and a lot of times now we can kind of push things off to like, okay, that's, that's, maybe that's just like a, a mental illness or whatever. I know there is such thing as mental illness, but sometimes it's, no, there's actually a demonic at work there, and we actually need to step into our authority, right? And so I think that's, this is just really, really important that we start to realize that we are still fighting the same enemy, but we are standing in victory, 
And you might be asking, well, why are we talking about this? And if you were here last week and you actually know the answer already, thank you. Um, (laughs) But we've been seeing more of this. And last week in the middle of the sermon, and we have permission to share this, but last week towards the end of the sermon, actually, um, somebody had a manifestation, a, a demonic attack happen in the middle of the sermon. And so that was obviously very public. Um, but we've actually been seeing this more and more in worship or after services or in our midweek uh, where people are experiencing. But here's the thing. They might be experiencing a manifestation of, a, of, of an attack of the devil attacking or, or demons. But that's a really good thing because it means they're getting freedom, <laughs> Right? And so I wanted to just share a little bit of just um, what happened last week, because I know some people that was new for you and totally get it. Um, it was new for us a few years ago, too. Um, but what specifically happened with this uh, lady and her amazing husband, they've been coming here for a little while, and she has in her past a lot of, in her family, a lot of Satanism. Um, she's raised in a lot of that and a lot of abuses and ritual abuse in her life. And so she's been dealing with that for a long time, and giving her life to Jesus and going after freedom. And, and here's the thing, too. I think sometimes people then think, well, if you've given your life to Jesus, shouldn't that all stop? And yes, to the, to the, but, but also we get to step into sanctification where we actually start to get rid of more and more and more of the things that have come against us, right? And so I just, again, this is like 101. We're not going to go super deep into some of this. But in her story, she, a few years ago, which um, something happened that basically triggered a bunch of these type of um, demonic attacks and manifestations happening in her life. And it started happening very regularly to, to where it became hard for her to function. She was struggling. Even in churches, this would happen a lot because then she would get into worship, right? And so a lot of the stuff, and, and I do want to just firstly say last week I knew what was going on, and so that's why we didn't just go straight to it's medical, let's call 911 want to give that disclaimer because she went through that whole process she went to doctors trying to figure out what is this is it something medical and and the only thing that the medical field could tell her was we have no idea except that maybe there's some sort of trauma response to your body's having so that's the definition of demonic attack there you go (coughs) so six weeks ago she came she's been meeting with sandy sandy's been really helping her um, through a lot of this and she came to be rebaptized here, and um, that baptism was really intense but really beautiful. She got rid of a whole bunch of stuff. We prayed over her, um, just went after it, and it was incredible. And since that time, she hadn't had anything happen, no nothing. Like, and it had been going on like daily, sometimes multiple times a day before that. So, so she gets rebaptized, total freedom for six weeks. Then this happens last week, and everyone's like, what the heck? We sealed it. It's, it's done, right? And so as a few people went out and took her out and were praying deliverance over her, Sandy got a word from God. You've come into contact with a witch. Now, some of you guys are going to go, what? Yes. So she says, you've come into contact with a witch that has tried to reopen some of these things that we have closed. And so she goes, yes, actually, that's true. I met with somebody last week. She was meeting with somebody totally unrelated to anything spiritual, and this person literally says to her, I'm a witch, I'm in a coven, starts to, and says, I believe you were sent to me. And yes, the devil did send her to this person. And so that's where it kind of got reopened, and so they were able to close that, and that's that story. 
Some of you guys are looking at me like, you're nuts. And I'm like, read the Bible. <laughs> it's in there. I know it sounds crazy, but this is what Cody's talking about. Some of this sounds like a horror movie, and you're going, how, how, how? But this is real. <laughs> and if you want to believe in a God who can save you, then also believe in what it says about the enemy who wants to come after you and get that to stop. And, right? So, yes, so we, we, we need freedom. I want to just really quickly define manifestation because that's a word that's been hijacked. Now, that can mean demonic, so in that moment, the demon basically is manifesting, kind of stepping out. Now, a lot of deliverances don't look like that. They might look very different. It just depends on the, the level of, of oppression or possession that a person is under. Um, but a lot of manifestations don't look like that. And a lot of times when people, I got prayed for deliverance three days ago. Okay? Like, there are things that come against us, and when we sense those things, we need to pray for each other. We don't need to make it weird, right? And so, okay, I want to just point out, that okay, manifestations. Then there are also manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be really sure. The Bible talks about having discernment and discerning of spirits. Because the devil, and we'll go after this more later, but the devil always tries to counterfeit what is valuable, right? Like a person who's counterfeiting money, they're not going to go find pennies and quarters and, and counterfeit them. They're going to find $100 bills, right? What's the point of counterfeiting something that's not valuable? And so whenever we see something that is powerful, like the Holy Spirit coming on us, or all these different ways, we're going to talk about meditation that was meant to be something that is a way to connect with God. But instead, the devil will come after and counterfeit those things. And so we need to have discernment to go, is this the Holy Spirit? Because I've had encounters with the Holy Spirit where it's powerful and it shakes me, Right? But then there are also manifestations of the enemy that can come on us, and we need to have the discernment, which is it? Are we praying more Holy Spirit, or are we praying get out in Jesus' name? Right? Side note. Okay. So I just want to point out to you guys, though, when this happened last week, we were talking about, specifically in that moment, we were talking about confession with each other and coming behind each other and supporting each other and, and confession. But what was actually on the screens was the fear of the Lord. And I actually, as I was thinking through this this last week, I was like, oh, wow. I had just spoken about how we have to have a fear of the Lord and the freedom of the Lord. And we need to not just go to one or the other, but we need to actually bring both together. And as I started kind of praying through, and God was like, yeah, you want to know why the demons can't hide anymore? Because you're stepping into the fear of the Lord and the freedom of the Lord together. And so I really, really want to say that to you guys today, that we are stepping it. And this is why we keep saying the awe of God, the awe of God, the awe of God. Like, Joelle brought it to me. I had not read it at all. And immediately she told me a few words about it. And I was like, yes, that's for us. Like, there is something on us stepping into an understanding that, yes, he is friend, yes, he is savior, but he is Lord, and he is king, and we need to submit ourselves to him and stop messing around, right? And so we've got the fear of the Lord and the freedom of the Lord. I want to read to you guys really quickly, though, just talking about manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There's also the manifest presence of God. 
All right, so John Bevere says, before I continue, let me, let me clarify a few things about God's presence. Scripture identifies two types. The first is his omnipresence. David testifies, I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. Even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. In Psalm 139, 7 through 8 and 12. This is the presence of God that promises I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you guys get that? God's presence is everywhere. We cannot get away from it. But then there is a second type of pre uh, presence. It says the second identified is identified by Jesus' statement. I will love him and manifest myself to him. In John 14, 21. The word manifest is the Greek word emphanizo. And it means to make apparent, to let oneself be intimately known and understood. This occurs when God reveals himself to our mind as well as our senses. And so that's why when you, you'll often hear us, like you're in worship or at the beginning of a service, we're going, God, we know you're already here, but will you come? <laughs> because we're asking not just for a yes, he's everywhere. We're asking for him to, to actually reveal himself in a way that we can tangibly know. That, that, that his manifest presence would come. And I felt like God was saying to me this week, the reason this is happening, the reason that these things are happening, more of the Holy Spirit and more manifestations, is because we are learning a fear and awe of God. And when we learn the fear and awe of God, his manifest presence can come. And when his manifest presence comes, it says that in his presence there is freedom. And so when his, the all comes, then his manifest presence can come. When his presence comes, then freedom comes. And when freedom comes, devil's got to go. Yep. Right? <laughs> and so I just want to, with that, though, it's really important that if ever you feel like you need to pray off something off yourself or somebody else, the devil has to go when God's presence, when his manifest presence comes. And that when that happens, you don't just, okay, go. You actually need to, to bind it and send it to the pit of hell. So it doesn't go, like, you, there's the story of Jesus with the pigs, and the demons are like, you know, I'm legion, I'm many. And they say, don't, don't, send a, don't just send us away. They want to go into the pigs for whatever reason. They don't want to go suffer in the pit of hell, right? And so we need to make sure that we bind them and send them to the pit of hell. And then there's also the story of, when, you, um, when, when a demon is cast out of somebody, we need to make sure that we fill that space with the Holy, Holy Spirit. So if ever anyone is praying deliverance over you, you need to make sure that that goes, that anything that's not of God goes, but then we fill it with the Holy Spirit, right? If you rightly fear God, you don't need to fear the devil. And a lot of us are living in fear of what the devil can do to us, and we're living in defense. But if you rightly fear who God is, then you go, oh, no, no, nothing can stand if I put him on his throne. But that's the thing. We have to put him on his throne. And far too often, we're living on the defense instead of going, this is who my God is. If you rightly fear God, you don't have to fear the devil and if, you're, if you find yourself in fear of what the enemy is doing in your life, then that's a sign that you need to upgrade your fear of God. Your awe of him. Your respect of who he is. I want to read to you guys Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. And it says, while Apollos was in Corinth, 
Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Make sure you keep track of that. He found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then uh, then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. And Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. And I just want to point out there's other things in um, Acts 19. That there's a ton in Acts 19 about the spiritual realm, so that's what we're going to go after. But I just felt like it was important even to start with that, that there is, it's not, so many of us just live in the repentance and the, okay, I've repented, so now I get my ticket to heaven. But actually, there's something more about being empowered by the Holy Spirit to live in him, to live with him, to be empowered for the journey, right? That it's not just about that re- repentance piece. And then I just really want to point out to you, with this, it's like, yes, there are these amazing things, but Jesus is the gate, Jesus is the gate. Cody read to you guys earlier, 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about don't, don't be uninformed about the spiritual things. But then it says, you know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one who says, Jesus is Lord. No one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. You guys, the spiritual realm, like Cody mentioned, the second heaven that has angels and demons and all of that going on, that can be accessed other ways. There are things that that we're going to go after that there are things that you can jump into to access that spiritual realm. But if you hop the fence, you're going to get hurt. But if you go through the gate that is Jesus, now you walk in with authority, you walk in with the Holy Spirit, and you actually have the authority that he's given you. So it's really, really important that we recognize that there is a spiritual realm and that other people and other religions and other things going on can access that spiritual realm, but Jesus is the only actual legal access into the spiritual realm. Is everybody okay? Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Is anybody uncomfortable? Good. (laughs) Awesome. Jesus is the gate. So there's a story uh, in uh, Ephesians. No, no, it's not Ephesians. It's in Acts. It's in Acts 19. Hello. It says this. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. Oh, Oh, God. Okay. Sorry. So check this out. Okay. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Now, like we said before, like, they're like unusual miracles, but the thing is, like, that's because people just started walking in this authority, right? So we're thinking, that's just Paul. No, like, God can do it through you too. It's all about how deep in you want to get, how submitted are you to Jesus, we have the authority. So, and like Tertius said, the devil, the devil counterfeits. But check this out. So later it says, a group of Jews 
was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation saying, I command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. <laughs> so it looks like at, like right at the outset that they're going through, they're, they're using, the, walking in the authority of Jesus. Not the case. But one time when they tried it, maybe it worked a little bit for like some like, you know, lower demons and whatever, but check this out. But one, <laughs> one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? <laughs> then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. I shouldn't be laughing at that, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> the story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to the Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. The number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at the public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. So get just a little side, side note. Why were these books so valuable? Because they actually, these people would be experimenting in the spirit, right? And things would actually work. They would actually get results. If they got results, they'd put it in this book. Now, like we, we were saying, it's going and hopping the fence, Right, so you're not actually you're not actually jumping in in the safety of the Lord and walking with the Lord. You're jumping in the spiritual realm as a human who who is the devil is at war with. The devil wants to see you destroyed. Like some people, are like I'd rather be partying in hell than praying in heaven or whatever. It's like you're not going to be partying in hell because actually that's where the devil wants people because it was made for him. Right, right. Come on, see. So the gate is Jesus. And I think in that, that, that passage there, we can see that, you know, even well-meaning people and trying to do good things are walking in the wrong avenues, right? But even this, it's, did you guys notice? It was Jewish, they were Jewish people. The sons of Sceva, the leading priests, they were Jewish people trying to do the right thing, and then they started to see results, so they're just trying to bargain, like, use Jesus' name. But they weren't actually submitted to him, yeah. right? And so that's what's so important here is, like, yep. people can be trying to bring peace, trying to do the right things, trying to, you know, just bring all of this goodness to the world. But when it's not Jesus, you're hopping the fence and you're actually, you're actually entertaining demons. Yeah. And there was no revelation for them as being sons, right? There was no, no receiving Jesus and, and revelation of, of being in relationship with him and, be, and walking as sons, Right? You guys still with me? Okay. So, so there's a lot of stuff going on these days, like, you know, that you can be a good person doing, right? You, you know, people try and do good things and, like, you know, combat evil. You know, you see, like, you know, things like, and here, before I start this, there's no shame in this because we've all been here, every single one of us. We, you know, gen I think generally people are born and they want to do good. I understand that there's an, there's an argument here with having a sinful nature. Yes, we are prone to sin, but we're not born sinners. I'm sorry. We're not, we're not born with original sin. I will argue against that. I'm sorry. There's, it's in Scripture. But we are prone to sin, and we will all sin. That's just the way it is um, at some point. We, it says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, and that's why we need Jesus, right? Okay, a little side note. But there's a lot of stuff going on today where people are trying to fight evil, but it's not fighting evil. It's actually empowering evil. And it's, it's everything in the New Age movement, which is actually not New Age. Do you guys know that? 
like we had this new age movement, like, oh, we're enlightened now. We know all, we're doing all these things. It's not nothing new. They were, we were doing this, they were doing this stuff back in Egypt. They were doing this stuff back in Babylon. Those are the two places that all this stuff has flown out, flowed out from. Isn't that crazy? You can read it in Scripture. It's all over Scripture. You read it, um, you know, when, when we're, we're reading about Joseph in, the, in, in Egypt, right? And, or, sorry, Moses in Egypt. And they're, they're you know, the, all the plagues and the miracles and the, the sorcerers can do the same thing as Moses, right? Except his is, a li- is superior because he's with the Lord, right? So things like, like Tertia was saying, things have been counterfeited. Things that are valuable. Things that we actually need to take back. Right? You know, like it talks about, she was talking about meditation. Like meditation is such a valuable thing. Except, see, when we, t- when we think about meditation these days, we think about like, you know, turning our brainwaves and like emptying our minds. And, you know, if we're talking about an Eastern meditation, we're talking about, you know, emptying our minds and becoming part of like the universal consciousness or whatever. Right? That's not meditation. Yeah. Meditation. I, d- I just got hit real quick. If, if we're emptying our minds, it's that exact scripture about when the demon goes, it's cleared out for seven more to come. So we don't want to ever empty our minds. We want to fill it with scripture, with truth, with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, we meditate on the, on the word of God. We meditate on the works of God. We, man, we meditate on the feats of God, the things that he's done, right? We don't empty our minds. We actually, like, bring these, these things in and we go over and over and over until it becomes part of us. Come on. Let's go. Things like that we use, like things that even are are natural, like crystals, are great, right? They're cool. You look at them. They're awesome. But when we partner with something like that to try and bring healing, we're not partnering with the Lord, right? We're partnering with something else. Things like like tarot cards, like we're, we're we're not going through the gate to receive some sort of revelation. We're actually going somewhere else and receiving a revelation. Same thing with getting a psychic reading. You're not going through the gate. You're actually going through another way, and it might be accurate, but who's backing up that word from the second heaven? It's not Jesus. See, because when we get, you get a, a psychic reading and a word that says you're, you're going to deal with this, you're cursed with this, there's death, there's blah, blah, blah. Who's backing that up? Who kills and steals and destroys? The devil, right? Who's backing that up? The kingdom of darkness. But on the other hand, when you receive a prophetic word from the Lord and it says that the Lord wants to do this in your life, it doesn't look like it, but he actually wants to lift you up and bring you to your destiny. Who's backing that up? It is the kingdom of light. It's the kingdom of heaven. See, it's counterfeited. Hello. Things that seem as harmless as, like, things you find in Target. Ouija boards. Like, oh, fun, let's get a Ouija. Oh, it moved. Ooh. No, you're messing with stuff you shouldn't mess with. You're opening doors. Astrology. Horoscopes. This is not new stuff. This is way back. Way back. Right? Reiki. That Reiki, sorry. Reiki. Yes, Reiki. You're getting healing from something else. Right? And I'm not against getting healing from, like, eating well and taking care of your body. I'm not against that. But the thing is, the blood of Jesus is superior to everything. Again, I'm not against medical doctors. I'm not against that stuff, guys. I'm not against it. I just think it's so important with all of these things to take it to Jesus. Because, you know, there's even, I heard somebody saying yoga. And I know there's a lot of people who believe, like, you know what, you can be listening to scripture at the same time. And, you need to take that to Jesus. Seriously. And, and horror movies. Well, may, I can watch it and it doesn't affect me. 
just take it to Jesus. <laughs> Seriously, there's some things that are just black and white. But then I, I want you to notice with all these things, they're counterfeits. Because even astrology, well, wh what is the way that the wise man knew to go look for Jesus, the baby? Astronomy. <laughs> they were looking at the stars. <laughs> there's a lot in, in Scripture about the moons and the new moon festivals and all of these things. They are things that me God meant for good, but then when, when it gets hijacked, and used as, let me share this with you as some sort of insight. It's like Cody said, they are accurate. The devil would love for you to have faith in him to do work in your life. And that's what we're doing when we're entering into anything that is not through Jesus. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the gate. And I just want to say, though, there are, there are a, lot of, a lot of doors. And like Cody said, there's no shame. Like I said, I got prayed for a couple days ago because I started feeling stuff come against me. There is no shame in this. In fact, we should all be getting prayed for and prayed healing and deliverance and all of these things constantly. Like constantly. Like when we have our ministry team up here and I'm like, come up for prayer. And like not very many people come. I'm like, dude, we need to come up. Like we all have stuff coming against us. We all have stuff that we need to be empowered in. We all need to step into new authority. Like we need to take this seriously, the laying on of hands of the saints, right? Come on. But I want to also say that, that it's not just these counterfeit things that can open doors to the enemy. The reason we go after sin is because sin can open the door to the enemy. You know, we don't, we don't, yes, there is grace. Absolutely there's grace. Are we all going to mess up all the time? Yes, there, of course we are. But when we step in to sin and we're walking in it, that's how the enemy can access. Because now we're not aligning ourselves to God. We're aligning ourselves to what the enemy's plan for us is. And that is how the enemy can get into our lives. Because we literally just went, come on in. Because I'm going to choose the enemy's way instead of God's. And we literally open these doors there's all these different things, different ways, um, lies, traumas. Sometimes some of you face trauma as a child and the enemy attached in those things. And I don't want you to be in fear of any of this because it can be broken. We've seen it again and again and again. But we have to be willing to see it and to come in for freedom. Partnership, soul ties that we have with other people when we start to rely on other people instead of God. Right? These things... But this is an invitation to freedom. Yep. This is an invitation to step into something to go, we're not just going to talk about how there's a spiritual realm and the battle isn't against flesh and blood, but we're actually going to step in and start to live like it yeah. and actually start to receive the freedom. So many of us live in bondage, but God is actually saying you are able to step into freedom if you will just understand the beginning of wisdom is when you start to respect me as God. When you start to actually go, oh, his ways are better. Oh, if he doesn't want this for me, then I should not go for it. Instead of thinking that we have our own way, right? We have to step in to the awe of God and the, the, the fear of God. And we have to step into his freedom because when we step into those things, the devil can't stay. Caleb, you want to come up? Ministry team, you want to come up? Again, to just kind of wrap all this up, it's like, whoa, that was really weird, or like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but the reason is right here where it says, where Paul says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, which really should say this, the, now about the spiritual, I do not want you to be uninformed, right? We cannot afford to be uninformed, okay? 
So, um, yeah, ministry team, if you want to come up. We just want to invite you during this time. If you have to go, we totally understand. It's, it's gotten late, so if you, you, you're released if you would like to go. But if you feel that inside, like uh, maybe I participated with something like that, and I just want to make sure I want to, like, I just want to step into freedom, which it is. You're not stepping into condemnation. You're stepping into freedom. Right, that's what it is. You're actually taking it, you, these things that you've carried, and you're laying them down at the feet of Jesus, and you're going to walk out here lighter. That's exactly what it is. So if that's you, as, the, as we start worship and the team comes up, if you would like to come forward, you can renounce those things and walk out free. And I honestly believe, like, we were going over this section this morning, and I started getting hit really hard. Like, there's something coming against this word. And I actually believe that there's probably the majority of people in here have been exposed to some of these things. I remember when I was a child, my cousin started messing with some Ouija boards and weird stuff like that. And so even if it's anything like that, that you're just like, man, I got exposed to this, or there's something that somebody said over me, or yeah, I did go to a psychic, or whatever it is, don't be ashamed. Come get free. Come up right now. Come get free. Come get prayed for. We just want to pray for you. And then we're, you guys, worship is our weapon. We get to worship into freedom. Worship brings us into the presence of God and the throne room of God. So we come for freedom today, Jesus. We thank you, God. I just thank you for every person in here that we will not live in fear. But God, as we actually rightly see you, we get to step into a boldness and a confidence, God. That we do not need to be even a little bit afraid of the devil because even the devils tremble at your name. And so, God, we step into that with you. We step into freedom. We cast away any condemnation right now and any doubt, and we cast away any fear that is not of you. In Jesus' name, amen.